0: to A Whole Christian Life. I'm Dr. Jim Schrader. And once again, it's great to be back with you as we continue to forge, to make our way through what is holiness with a WH. Again, much of this material is taken from my book, Holiness, The Unified Pursuit of Health, Harmony, Happiness in Heaven. So today we're gonna to delve into the second piece of our framework. I mentioned before that we all strive to have greater endurance, greater empathy, and greater emotional regulation. But in order to do that, we really have to get down to the nuts and bolts of what it means to have the framework, or pay attention to the framework, for holiness with a WH. Today we're going to begin our series on pride. And I begin with a quote that I think many of us who've been raised in the Christian faith have heard over and over again over the years. And that is, pride is the root of all vices. From the youngest of ages, we've heard that. And yet, I must admit, and I'm sure I'm not the only one here, there's some confusion around that because early on in our life, we hear pride in many different ways. And so I'm going to start today by talking about what we think of when we think of pride in a positive way. There's two things really that come to mind immediately. The first is pride is to be proud of the hard work and accomplishments, even if we remain humble as part of it. We're often taught to be you know proud of what we do, proud of our work, proud of what occurs and, and what happens to us and, and what we really strive for. So that in many ways is a good thing, right? The second is to have pride in our school, our teams, our community. For those of you who are sports fans out there, think about your pride in your team. Although sometimes, as a Bears fan myself, there's not a whole lot to have pride in. But, but the idea is that we often think about we're proud of our teams, we're proud of our communities when things go well, and we're taught that that's a really important thing. So here we are with this conundrum. You know, we began this podcast this morning and today with the idea that pride is the root of all vices, right? But from the youngest of ages, we're taught to be proud of our hard work and accomplishments, and we're taught to have pride in our teams and our communities and our schools. And yet, on the flip side, here's what we hear when it comes to the idea of pride being a vice. Let's take the uh, Bible quote from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Now that certainly doesn't sound like a good form of pride when we think about what I mentioned earlier. So in this sense, that pride itself, that excessive, often described as hubris, is really the precursor to destruction. It's the precursor to the downfall. We can think of many different civilizations who became too proud of themselves, too rich, too indulgent, and they're no longer around today because of it. So in this sense, pride is certainly not a positive thing. And we also hear along the same lines that being prideful is a real problem, right? For those who are too prideful, we get the idea that they're often self-absorbed. Of course, we all are at times, right? We all struggle to get outside of ourselves, but this essence of pridefulness is certainly not a term that most of us have heard in a good way. So we're left with this confusion because it's really important if you think about how are we taught in the Christian faith to go forward with these key ideas. And I think if you're like me, even at the age of almost 45, you're sitting here thinking, okay, now wait a second, God. Am I supposed to be proud of the things that happen? Proud of the good teams that I'm a part of? Or am I supposed to avoid pride? Like, is that in itself automatically a lack of humility? Well, I think that one of the first things we have to do to resolve this confusion is to go back to the root of these words, back to the roots well before AD 1000 and kind of consider the different ways that pride itself was conceptualized back then. So one of those words early, early on was pride, but P-R-Y-D-E. And that kind of pride meant something like bravery and fortitude, those who really went out and faced their fears for something much greater. And so in that way, we think pride, even thousands of years ago, certainly did have a positive connotation if it was used in this way. But then we go to a different type of root, and we look at the root of prude or prut. So P-R-U-D, P-R-U-T. And in this particular meaning, what we find is that actually we're talking about arrogance. That the root of this word that they describe there is a sense of just being self-conceited, self-focused, arrogant, and too into what you've done without recognizing all the things that happen around you to make that possible. So once again, we're back to this kind of conundrum, like, okay, so we go back and it's good to know in many ways that those well before us kind of struggled with what this word really meant. But there's one other word, and this is the Latin word predessa. So it's interesting word, the Latin word predessa, and this word indicates something of worth. And here I think that we start to get a sense of how do we resolve this idea of pride? Where at the root do we have to go? Because in the idea of predessa, whatever we're speaking of, whatever we're talking about, really does have something of great worth. Which means that either way, whether we're courageous, you know, we have great fortitude, or whether we're kind of arrogant or self-conceited, even beneath the way that we use that word, there still is something of worth, something of great value. And I think that's where we have to start here. I think in understanding this idea of pride and and really God's design for what he wants for us, we have to recognize that all things, all people, but God's creation in general, is something of great value, of great importance. And I want to reflect on something that Pope Francis said about this, because I think that, you know, it really slams home this idea of great worth. He's once said, quote, "'All life has inestimable value. We are masterpieces of God's creation, made in his own image.'" destined to live forever, and deserving of the utmost reverence and respect. Now, that sounds like predessa. That sounds like we are something of worth. So, when I think about this idea, and I think about the dilemma that we face with understanding what it is about pride and what it isn't about pride that we should know, I think of this idea that we are God's masterpiece. And so, maybe our conundrum with pride— is not an issue of identifying worth, but rather an issue of attribution. Just where do we give the credit for what occurs? Where do we give the credit for who we are? Where do we give the credit for who we will become? And that, if you think about it, is really the essence of what differentiates pride in a positive way and pride, or pridefulness, in a negative way. It's the question of who we give it credit for, what happens to us, and and who we are. And I want to relay a story that I heard years ago. I was actually really fortunate to be in this presentation when the speaker came to town. Her name is Liz Murray, and I'm not sure if many of you have heard of her, although you probably heard a little bit about her story. And her story was this, that Liz Murray was born in New York City to two parents, as she describes them, very bright, creative individuals. But unfortunately, along the way, These individuals became involved with drugs and a lot of other habits that led to tremendous difficulties in her life and that of her siblings and just difficulties overall. And so she went through life and she was growing up. She experienced a lot of hardships along the way. And by the time that she was, I think it was about 16 or 17, she found herself homeless on the streets, really without much prospects at all. You know, she had barely had a few credits to her name. From high school, she pretty much had almost just dropped out. And she tells this amazing story in her book where she basically had gone to visit a few alternative schools and things didn't seem to be working out. And she was kind of down to her last money at that point. And the decision was do I just spend the money on something at that moment that would give me some pleasure? Or do I just take that money and use it for transit to just one more place to go, one more possible alternative school? And she took the latter choice. As Robert Frost once said, it was road less traveled by that made all the difference. In the end, not only did she get into the school, not only did she eventually get her high school degree, but she actually won a scholarship and ended up at Harvard for her undergraduate. And it's such a tremendous story. And when she came to University of Evansville years ago and she spoke about this, it was still raw. It was still so raw, her experiences, even years and years later in her telling this. I mean, tears are streaming down her face, and she's describing this passageway through the most difficult anals all the way to, you know, the point where she had been able to go to Harvard and and what was coming beyond there. But I tell this story for one major reason beyond just the inspiration itself, and that is that, you know, when the book and the story came out, There was this conception that came forth that she had just pulled herself up on her own bootstraps, that through her own self-reliance and just her credible courage, that she had found her way to this new place, this place of great promise, from the just destitution that she had felt. But when she spoke to us that night, she really set the record clear. She wanted to make it very adamant to all of us that this was not a story of just a single-handed pulling up of the bootstraps to get where she needed to go, that this was actually a story of many, many people coming to invest in her and challenging her in ways that enabled her to go where she ended up being. And she said to us, she said, you know, I just, I have to recognize, I know that sometimes that makes for a great story that, you know, I single-handedly did this all on my own, but it's absolutely false. And I thought to myself in the moment, you know what, she had every reason to be proud of the accomplishments that she had done. You know, I mean, she certainly, even with all the support she had gotten, she still had to be the one, even homeless, to show up at school every day, to do all the things it took to get into college at that point. But what she chose to do was she chose an attribution of others. She chose to give the credit to all those who had really helped her along the way. And I thought to this, you know, as as we talk about this today with this podcast, to me... That's the essence of the pride that God calls us to. It's not the sense that we shouldn't be proud of our efforts. It's not the sense that we shouldn't be excited about things when they go right. But it is the sense that we should recognize just exactly who and how things came to be, and so much of it that has nothing to do with us. So let's just consider, for example, beyond this story, let's consider our bodies. You know, the cells and the muscles and the tendons and in the neurons, and all the different things that run throughout our body. You know, for all of us who've been fortunate to do things athletically, there's a time and a place where you sometimes feel, oh, wow, like I've really done this, like I've accomplished this. But if you step back for just a second, ask yourself, did I have anything to do with the formation of my body that allowed me to do those things? If you've ever accomplished something academically, or you've ever risen up occupationally, or whatever it is, if you've ever done anything that you're proud of, Again, there's nothing wrong with being proud of the effort put forth, but ask yourself, are you the architect of your own design? Are you even the author of the play? When you start to think about it, pretty much everything good that's happened to you, even for those of us and for those of you who've experienced a lot of horrible things, anything that good that's happened to us probably had a lot to do with another source. In reality, none of us pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. None of us are an island in this community. None of us are alone in being able to get to any of the places that we need to go or that we're called to go. That even the simplest of things, even at the moment of conception, we were already gifted an amazing, amazing array of things that we can never create. And that's where I think it's really beautiful to consider that once you start to hand over the credit where the credit is due... What happens in the process is you really free yourself up to focus on what's most important. Harry Truman once had this great quote. He said, you can get a lot done when you don't care who gets the credit. And I love that quote because he's right. If I'm not focused on getting the credit, if I'm not focused on my own pridefulness, and I free myself up to see the reality as it is, a reality full of gifts and blessings and people who invested in me, even when my life has not been the way I've wanted to be, right? Even when I've had people who've traumatized me and abused me and done things that are just horrific. Somewhere, I believe, in all of our lives, we've had people who've done the opposite, people who've been there for us, people who've coached us in a direction that we weren't sure we could go. We've had caregivers who've taken care of us long before we even recognized who we are. So many things in our life have had to happen just for you and I to be sitting here this week. So when we consider all this, suddenly that conundrum, that dilemma about pride, well, becomes much clearer. I'm not the architect of our design. I'm not the author of the play. But I am the actor and the actress trying to play the part to the best of my ability. And as this opens up more widely, I think what emerges is a great sense of gratitude. Not always gratitude because everything is really pleasant. Not always gratitude because necessarily things aren't really difficult. But really gratitude that we're part of the production. I think gratitude that we have the opportunity to be in this adventure of life. And gratitude that if we're sitting here today and we're listening to this and um, we're part of this, gratitude that we still have an opportunity of another day to go forward to serve him. The other thing that opens up it's just a greater openness to the truth as it will be, or as it is. It's a greater sense that, you know what, in coming to know what's what's really the case, what is actual reality, it broadens our horizon. It increases our capacity. It helps us grow in areas that maybe, again, we might need to grow, even if we're not sure we want to go that way. So if you're ever like me and you're, and you're kind of in this conundrum about, okay, wait a second. Is being proud, is that prideful, you know, is that arrogant? Just ask yourself, where is it that I control over the things that I did? And where is it that I owe my God, and I owe others for all the good that has happened to me? I hope you have a great week. This is Jim Schrader. Be holy, be whole.